Welcome to Game Changers Live from Miami, Florida. My name is Sergio Tijera. I'm your host. And each and every week, we bring you someone who has been a game changer in their field and who's touched the lives of thousands to get their perspective on their journey, their mindset, their struggles and successes so that we can inspire you on your journey. So let's get started right now. Hi, everyone. This is Sergio from Game Changers. And as many of you may know, we bring exciting content each and every week and hope you've been enjoying it. And thank you so much for your support. It means a lot to me. But I also want to let you know that I'm not only the host of Game Changers. What I really do is I'm a leadership development consultant and I work with teams and individuals just like you and yours to help them reach peak performance. How do I do this? through a number of ways. I offer one-on-one -on -one executive coaching and multi-level coaching, helping people get out of their own way, get the limiting beliefs out of their head so that they can show up better with more ownership, more accountability, and better results. I also have a course, which I just started today, happens every other month called the Peak Performance Method. If you want to find a way for to jump into a group coaching environment that's gonna make huge changes, not only in yourself, but in your team's performance, that's a great way to do it. And I also have a 30-day challenge, which I just completed with 35 amazing people last month, and it's coming up again July 1st through the 30th. So I can definitely help you out with that. So we have a lot going on here at Progress Partners Consulting, which that is my organization. So thank you so much for being here with me on this journey, Game Changers is a fantastic tool. I love it. We've created an amazing community of guests and fans of the, of the show. So please, uh, when you get a chance, hit subscribe and like on the YouTube channel. Definitely do it on your Apple podcast. But more importantly, if you feel that I can reach out and help your organization or help you in any way, please let me know. I'd be happy to set up some time to do that and uh and look forward to talking to you soon and welcome welcome to game changers live you can catch us each and every week on apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts, linkedin facebook any of your favorite platforms we're here each and every week bringing you some amazing amazing guests who have been game changers in their field and my guest today is barnaby anderson he has spent years developing blockchain and cryptocurrency solutions and acting as block alchemy ceo a blockchain e-commerce digital design consulting firm. Being involved in all aspects of web technology since their conception in the early 90s has made him a true pioneer in web development, e-commerce, branding, online marketing, and blockchain. A sought-after international speaker, Barnaby has been invited to speak on cryptocurrencies at Harvard at the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, where he coordinated a blockchain digital asset conference, as well as Stanford University. So coming to us live. Hey, buddy, how are you? Hey, Sergio. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks thanks for having me. And hello to everybody. Great to have you on the show, my friend. So let's get into this. Um, we'll get into your story a little bit, but you know, you, you've been involved in a uh, since the advent of cryptocurrencies and blockchain NFTs. We're going to be talking about all this today. So make sure you stick around because it's going to be powerful understanding how you can actually use it um, for your advantage, you know, for for as an investment for your own how do you integrate this in your daily lives and so forth? So, but before we get into that, so give me a little background on you, my friend. Uh, you're originally from Australia. Let's take it from there. 
Yeah. Uh, so I'm, yeah, you can tell I have a bit of an accent. So I'm originally from Australia, from Sydney, and I was always fascinated by, by technology. And so from the early 90s, I got in, into that. And basically, I was there when the web first began. So I just became fascinated by the potential of people sharing information. Like, you know, so there I was, it was February of 95. Netscape was in beta. You know, it was like, yeah. it was really, you know, cutting edge. And so that's, I've just always been at that cutting edge, that sort of pioneer, because I was fascinated by by the potential, but it was really around e-commerce and really what that's about. And that really led into blockchain because it's about how are we reinventing finance? And when you look at, because I'm, one of my, my biggest passions is actually personal empowerment. Um, and I always, and the other thing I saw from the early nineties was the potential to have a laptop and live anywhere in the world. So I'm big time on freedom and uh, and I just love being able to travel the world. I've been doing that for the last eight years. So I basically mapped out a vision for myself from when I was like, I don't know, like 21, 22, back in the uh, early nineties that I could actually get some technology, get a laptop and just travel the world, live like a king anywhere. And, uh, and work off it and develop systems that would impact people's lives positively. Because I figured if I wanted to do that, I bet other people want to do that. And when I just looked at people back in the 90s when I was a young guy, grinding away in jobs that they didn't really like, you know, maybe even if they'd done degrees and, you know, it was just like, wow, like, you know, how are people really going to get ahead? And, and that was back when things were kind of easier. I mean, man, I like, look at things now. Like it's, it's so really it's about how do we take technology and enable empowerment and freedom for more people. That's always been my passion. But that took a lot of of foresight and a lot of vision because I remember, you know, one of one of the main um, <clears throat> morning programs here in the U.S. at the, the Today Show when um, you know some of the experts came on and they were talking about you know what is email and. Why would people send electronic messages, you know, over this, you know, over this computer on this thing called the internet? You know, what's the use of this? And it's 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 funny because now you see it and you're like, oh my god, how how did we not see the potential here? You saw I mean, things ahead well, of that's time. That's a great point because you know you're saying you know how, back in back in the mid '90s, how people are going, how, how what's the point of email? What's the point of the web? That's where people are right now. Correct. Blockchain and NFTs and crypto. They're like that. So now, I mean, so I don't know if you want to take my word for it, but I could see where, where things were going back 25 years ago, and I could see where things were going now. Because you see, the internet, wherever it touches, it completely reinvents that entire field. And so this is very hard for people to wrap their head around. Because you see, back in the, back in the let's say, the 90s, people were, you know, po post, postal letters and mail, that was the thing. And so if you said to somebody, in fact, how, could we improve, how could we improve that? They go, well, we've already improved that. We've got FedEx. You know, yeah, seriously, exactly. Like, we've already got that. We've now got 24 hour, you know, like we can send mail. So if you're saying to them, you know, it's like Henry Ford talking about, you know, if people wanted some better, they wanted better horses. Yeah. You can't see that leap. But what the internet did was it first, the first in its crosshairs, because the internet, wherever it goes, it reinvents and disrupts completely. And so communication itself was the very first thing it went after. So that means all aspects of communication. That meant, um, you know, mail at first and telephony and brochures and video, you know, the whole thing became there. So where did it go? That was, the, and that took the first, let's say 25 years, just communication. Yeah. What, what did it have next in its sites? Finance. So you'd have to say that two of the biggest aspects of, of a human's entire life is communication and, and finance. finance. Yeah, sure. And so <laughs> but, but, but because people didn't really believe that all aspects of communication could be reinvented, now they're thinking, oh, no, surely 
not all aspects of finance could be reinvented. That right. just sounds completely ridiculous. Because when we say reinvented, we're talking about like, you know, if you if you think about the level of reinvention that communication has had with the internet, imagine trying to apply that to where finance could go. It's just, it's incredible. Right, and it's hard to wrap your, your mind around it. And you don't want to be looking back 10 years from now saying, oh my God, I missed it again. How did I not see this coming? <laughs> and you know, a big part of it though is is education. But you're right; it is hard to wrap your mind around some of these these concepts, right? Because, <clears throat> excuse me, as we start talking about these digital assets, mm. it, it's hard for people to understand. Okay, well, I can't touch it, I can't feel it, I can't smell it. You know, I can't. I, I, how how is this worth anything? It's just a bunch of code. Well, exactly. And I guess that's what people were saying back, you know, with, when they were looking at websites, like they were really slow and everything was, you know, clunky. And it was like, you know, what's how is anybody really going to use this? What did it take? It really took the iPhone. It took the iPhone to right. put the internet in your pocket. So we had the we had the internet from the early 90s, at least. And then it took until like basically 2010 for everybody in the world to have pretty much a smartphone. So it took a long right. time. We think because we were dabbling and you had AOL and all this stuff, but it was still very, you know, in the background. It wasn't in the foreground. It wasn't right. until you held it in your hand. So it usually takes a radical breakthrough technology. And we're not there yet with blockchain or, or crypto or NFTs. We are still in the early 90s of that. The Netscape kind of yeah. beta version of it. <laughs> we are in that version. The thing that the iPhone version, whatever that possibly is, that, that's nowhere to be seen yet because it's not, it's too hard for people. So, you know, you always are going to make the, the most returns when things yeah, are yeah. hard, when things are difficult. You have to have that vision. You have to have that confidence. But, you know, just look at what's going on in the world now. Like, I guess, okay, so I had the confidence that, um, like, for, like I wanted to go and travel the world. And I had, a, I could not only... Not only could I see where technology was going, I could see that there was going to be some kind of, this is going to sound a bit weird, but I could see there was going to be a lockdown. Things were too easy. There was going to, there was too much easy travel and, um, you know, Airbnb and Uber. Everything made it so easy to suddenly just like living everywhere. And I was like, how long is this going to keep on running for? And now they've, they've kind of, that's kind of stopped. So you can't as easily, but at least I, I did that. And I got to, you know, see, you know, all over Asia and Europe and, and the, the Americas. And I, I had a blast. And in that time, I was able to be developing blockchain and, and working on in different technologies there. So, you know, you really need to be able to have that leap of confidence because as you were saying, you don't want to miss the boat. Mm -hmm. And so how, how, you know, so how are you going to be able to start essentially? And, and firstly, it begins with education and learning right. about this stuff. <clears throat> so then talking about this, let, let's get into the basics of, of blockchain technology as, as a digital ledger. Give us an explanation of, of the technology as a platform and as a, as a capability that, that is now, you know, is revolutionizing finance and everything else. So obviously it kicked off with Bitcoin, you know, from 2009 it kicked off. And so now the, the thing is like there's, it's, a, it's what's called a fungible token. And this is where we're going to lead into the NFTs, which are the non-fungible. Okay. Now, the, the thing is, people at, people at first, they thought, is Bitcoin just a fad? And they're still mostly thinking that, potentially. Right. I mean, it's obviously grown into almost a, you know, it's a one and a half trillion dollar marketplace right now. But people, what people don't realize is for at least 40 years before 2009, people were trying to figure out how to make a digital, uncorruptible currency. That's what they were trying to do. And their first, the first cap off the rank, the first thing that they were trying to do was make a fungible, which means interchangeable, which means that they are all the same like dollars and, and pesos and rubles and all the different currencies in the world, what makes them useful 
is that they are fungible. They are all the same. They all have the same unit of account. And that's what, and so people were trying to crack the code because what we know with digital is that it's duplicatable. That's the, that's the power of digital yeah. is that you can copy stuff. And so they were like, face, how, yeah. are we, how are we ever going to make a currency if we can't, if we, if we can copy everything? And so it had to take a number of technologies. Firstly, it really took Napster. I'm going back into music and we, so we're wow. going to start with music because you see, this is music is usually where the cutting edge tech happens. And so when they made Napster, but see, the problem with Napster was it was centralized. And so when, and they were, and they were breaking all the copyright laws. And so when they went in, when the FBI went in there and they raided it and they shut it down, do you know what happened pretty much instantly was BitTorrent started because you had all the techie guys going, wow, we loved being able to share media files. Um, but the problem was, was it was centralized and it could be taken down. So what we need to do is make a fully decentralized version of that. We need to be able to make it so the media files are splintered and, and broken up across millions of computers, which means you could never take it down, which is actually how the internet was first developed. It was designed so it could withstand any kind of military strike. So you can't stop the internet and you can't stop BitTorrent. Now, so that was basically around 2000. So then you had people looking at that, you know, in the background going, what other applications are there for this kind of, you know, decentralized tech? And then it took somebody, and basically there was the financial crisis of 2008. And you had this genius, whoever it was, Satoshi Nakamoto going, hang on, what if I took the, the central core function of finance, banking, and I took its core element, which is the ledger, the ledger that we all log into every day when you check your bank balance. And the only reason we, we love that is it stays consistent. You trust right. the bank, you see your money in there. But he was like, well, the banking system's kind of broken now. There's, there's too much corruption here. Could we, could we do a BitTorrent on the general on the general ledger of the banking and so that's how bitcoin was invented it was basically a fully distributed fully decentralized general ledger of every single financial transaction now that took a while for people to really get and still is for that really to land and go hang on because the power rests in its in its um it's distributed nobody can shut it down you can't shut down bitcoin now but did did blockchain come first and then the application the cryptocurrency using blockchain as a as a as a ledger or as a, as a form of you know checks and verifications or was it all together at one like blockchain and bitcoin came together yeah it was bitcoin was the first it took a while people suddenly realized they because the, all the blocks you have these blocks that come out every 10 minutes or so on the bitcoin general ledger and so after I, I don't know exactly how how long it was until that that phrase, but basically it was Bitcoin, and then they termed it, oh, this is blockchain. Yeah. Oh, okay. So and every time, just, just so that everyone understands, so every time a transaction is made, when you transfer money to me, it is recorded on a digital ledger that then is verified and distributed by all these computers to to as almost as like witnesses that yes, this did happen. And you know, if you try to say that it didn't, you have a bunch of other computers saying that it did. You got it. It's yeah. as simple as that. So they're all keeping each other in check because if there's one bad actor, then the others will cut them out. Right. And so that, that's the power of it. And so since then, there's been like thousands and thousands of copies of Bitcoin. All these different, I mean, all in different versions. Like, you know, Ethereum being the, you know, the poster child of the, right? the, the other major one. What was so powerful with Ethereum was that they had these smart contracts that enabled much more utility around it, including the ability to generate entirely new new currencies easily 
So Bitcoin was the spearhead to enable that. And then Ethereum came along and opened it up even, even further, which led into. So what, what, of, what is a smart contract? So oh, <laughs> a smart contract is like a, it's programmable money. It's a program. It's like a series of, of actions and steps. You can basically computate and, and move funds around trustlessly without trust, which means that you trust in the code. The whole point of blockchain is you're trusting in the code Right. rather than a group of people but with ethereum it enabled a whole the whole other side of essentially of of tokens to be generated there's fungible which is they're all the same and then there's non-fungible which means that they're each unique and different <clears throat> and so that was the other that was the other there's only really there's only those two that can be really really be invented the fungible and the non-fungible right and so people have been trying to make these for decades and so when people think oh maybe this is just like a fad what are these nfts NFT stands for non-fungible token, and it was—it's really also been a, a, um, a, as equally desired as as a fungible token because there's so many cases of items around the world that are unique that you know you can't just swap them out for each other, you know, and, and they and each of them has their own value because of people's love or interest in that particular item, and, and so that's why. And now it's sort of for whatever reason these things seem to have their own time. The first major, the first NFTs were created in 2014. They really took off at the end of 2017 for the first in the first sort of iteration, but nothing compared to you know the billion dollars that's gone through them this year of 2021. Right. So a token is is it a derivative of of a currency? So if you have Ethereum, you're able to create a a token from that. Well, basically, it's a token is uh, is a unit of account. You essentially have got a um, you know, you've got, these are sort of semantics. You've got coins and you've got tokens. And, and so it's really, um, a token can be generated out of, a, you really call like a Bitcoin as a coin and Ethereum as a coin. And then tokens are made off those essentially. So you can, you can generate your own token. It's really just each little, it's a unit of account that comes off a, a design. You design the, the currency, you design the, um, the the utility around that particular item. And that's what's so cool now. Like who would have thought that it would be possible that you could actually invent your own currencies? Right. Previously, the only people who could invent currencies were presidents governments, and, yeah. and, and governments and kings. They were able to issue currency. And so it's, that's like what we're talking about, the, the reinvention of finance. Because in the part that, you know, with the internet when it was happening back in let's say in the 90s when you were able to reinvent whole communication networks you know would you have imagined that you would have been able to set up your own tv channel just like that no you would have gone like hang on that would have cost a fortune 20 years ago to generate my own tv channel and here you are here any of us can just spin up our own tv channel right now it's the same with this now you can actually spin up your own your own functional currency either as a fungible or as a non-fungible now, this this concept of individuals being their own economies, mm. okay, so that, you know, we have influencers out there, right? And and uh, obviously, for, for, for that reason, they're, they're an influencer, they're, they're helping, uh, you know, push decisions in one way or the other. Um, you're now able to create your own currency, right, in your own name, and have people invest in you as if like they're betting on you, right? Like if you're an up and comer and I see you have potential, I could actually buy a coin. If you've, if you've created your own, I can buy your coin. And as more people invest in it, it goes up in value. And I'm also, it's, it's like investing in a person in, in a sense, right? Correct. And that's really coming into its own with the NFTs because 
um, like last year when <clears throat> when William Shatner he released his own you know Captain Kirk he put out his own NFT series and that just like it start that was really when things started to turn around when it was like wow so a celebrity like William Shatner can put out his own um, NFT series and what was really amazing about that was how he he had no rights over Star Trek obviously that's not under so he, how could he personally do it well he could do all the memorabilia of the photos of you know offset you know in his life right kind of thing and so because people he's got a obviously millions and millions of huge fan base he he was able to leverage that and sort of pave the way and so now others have obviously been been jumping and doing that if you've got a fan base and you have something of value to offer them in memorabilia in photographs in music you know you want to release you know music out to them or, or videos uh or even other things like games you can now create this whole you know intricate ecosystem around yourself or around a platform that you're inventing something to give back to the fans so they even earn or, or get some reward from participating with you in sharing your journey this is all possible now wow and so nfts uh as of today the they're they're most predominantly in the form of art of like digital art and digital music <clears throat> yes. is that right principally actually uh around the digital art that's what's really that that was how they that's how people first saw them as like you know pieces of art because the simplest way of thinking about an nft is like a um, a print you know like a like a like a um when a famous artist would make a print and they'd make a hundred copies of it and then they might destroy the the original or whatever it was mm -hmm. so now you have a hundred and they're all signed and numbered by that artist yeah and that's what gives them it's the reputation of the artist doing that digital print and that that's what gave them them value and so if you had number four versus um 75 the number four is for whatever reason we like to have those lower numbers you know that's yeah. why you know that just seems to and it's been proven over the last century people collecting comics and piece art prints and um trading baseball cards all that kind of stuff is that's all been how the world has been running well now we've been able to make that digitally and that's how the nfts function and so once you figure out you know what it is you want to show people and how many you want to mint of them um, that's then you can attribute value to them. And so, but it's, it really is about, it's being entirely creative. And so bringing artwork into that, uh, bringing music into that. And so that's what we've done with our latest project. Um, myself and my business partner, Noble, we've invented band royalty where we basically took, we, we hired artists to make all this incredible artwork for us. And then we, we created a remarkable function of giving it utility inside the music industry, which is something that few people actually still even understand. So what happens in the music industry, they, they get it on a, on a sort of um, on a basic level that musicians earn when they, when they play the music, but they don't necessarily realize that every time one of those songs plays, whether it's on the radio, the TV, in a movie, in a commercial, in a bar, at a concert, in a restaurant. Wow. They always earn a royalty. They all, and not only them, but the writer the sound um, you know, engineers, the people from the studio, the, the, the production company that, you know, it just, the label, there's like so many pieces of the pie inside the earning around one, one every single song. And wow. so what's amazing is that these songs are also actually traded like baseball cards. So because of um, my partner Noble's background in the music industry, he also has a tech background and a game development background. And we've been working together on a number of NFT projects across the last couple of years, having a lot of fun with that. Well, we saw all the artwork exploding in the NFT space. And we were like, well, what else could we contribute here to make it just to give something a bit different? Let's bring the music industry into NFTs. 
And so we're the, we're the first company to actually be, be doing that, where we're taking the rights around royalties, around people playing some of the most famous acts in the world, you know, Justin Timberlake, Beyonce, Jay-Z, you know, Cher, Will I Am. We've actually got this incredible music collection of royalties that when you buy the artwork, the NFTs, they plug you into, you can take the NFT and we're creating a platform where you can basically stake it. You, you can put it into the platform and you can earn when these famous musicians are playing these particular songs that we have. Wow. So people, so now you could get a piece of the pie, the proverbial pie of, of the royalties by buying this digital asset that then gives you a, uh, an ability to earn um, more crypto in in that space off of the, the songs that are being played. On the radio, you're listening to this track on Spotify or on YouTube, and it's Justin Timberlake singing. And you're like, who, who, would you have ever thought? You see, the thing is, that was typically left in the domain of the in crowd, who who were allowed to basically earn or who found out that they could yeah. even do that. We want to, the whole, the amazing technology around blockchain and innovation is democratizing it. It's Correct. giving it to everybody. It's making what was previously hard easy. It's making what was behind the curtain inaccessible. Right. Yeah, inaccessible and now making it accessible. So music royalties through the band royalty platform over at bandroyalty.com, you can go there, read all about it, check about it and, and see the catalog that we have. And now you, if you like those artists or even if you just like the idea of it, because we're going to be expanding the, the whole music catalog. And what's cool, I think you can see here is this is just one example of what you can do with this technology. Like, can you, I mean, I, I'm sure that possibly you and most other people wouldn't have thought about that scenario of taking music royalties connecting it to the blockchain, issuing NFTs, and sharing the, the revenue with people. That's There's so many leaps and in innovations around yeah. that. <laughs> it's and hard it's to... Like, well, well, what other areas of the world? How many right. other things could we start doing with this? Right. And so when when we talk about staking, it's essentially you're you're earning money off of, you know, offering your your currency, right? You're, you're giving up uh, for, a for a period of time, you're... you're your Ethereum or whatever it is, and you're earning a percentage based on that. Correct. Right? So we, we're basically, we're earning the royalties because we own them for those particular tracks. And, the then right, yeah. and then the people who stake them. Now, this is it is a bit of a techie term. It's used quite a lot inside the blockchain industry, but it's there's no different to, let's say, a safety deposit box, a CD, where you take your money and you stake it. You yeah. stake it in the bank for X amount of time. So the longer you lock it up, basically staking is the same as locking up. Right. You, you put it down, you lock it away, and you get a return on that. Well, now you can do that in this area. It's called DeFi, decentralized finance, another term. All these terms are flowing, throwing around yeah. in the blockchain. So staking and DeFi, decentralized finance, what, it, what that really means is it's, again, going back to this, this core term of decentralized. You're trusting in the code. So the code itself is revealing what the functionality is about the return that you're getting and how you're going to get it paid back to you in the crypto. Now, right. obviously, most people, they're not programmers, but what there's enough programmers out there now who've set up these audits. So there are these trusted audit, auditing companies that will go and check out essentially the smart contract. So these terms, the only way you can do decentralized finance, DeFi, is with a smart contract that has code in it that reveals the flow of the money and the return. All the instructions, right? All the instructions. So then you can get a pro you can even you could hire a programmer and say, look, I want to invest in this. Can you just check out the code and make sure it's legit? Or 
another if the company is being reputable they might have already got that sort of got somebody to go and audit or a couple of them and then they can prove to the market this is legit you can trust in the code now whereas in the past the only thing you could trust in were the brand names and litigation right. so this is the difference this is what blockchain is bringing is that you're no longer going to need to trust in institutions at all you can trust in the code and the community around it it's the community as the community grows yeah and everything is on the is on the ledger everything is um is transparent it yeah. has full transparency you can but see all theoretically the it's even safer than than banks because you you take people out of the equation which is the <laughs> the, the the variable that's uncontrollable sometimes man you got it <laughs> Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, just just thinking about this so much that that you you know everyone could be their own bank, right? That you could be your own lender. Dude, that's, that's what's that's what's incredible now. It's not. It's this is the amazing thing about cryptocurrency and blockchain. It's not that it gives you a new kind of bank account. It it actually makes you, as you just said, it makes you into a bank. Yeah, the power of a bank, just like right now through this through this incredible tech we have here, you have the power to be your own broadcaster. Mm -hmm. like that's amazing if you went back and so th these are the innovations but it, because when you have that much power especially in finance you see the innovations around communication that's you know that's a big deal but innovations around issuing currency and around becoming your own bank that becomes threatening to to a lot of people <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> fantastic fantastic i love that and so, you know, what is the what is the future, right? What what is the future that that you foresee five, 10, 20 years down the road now with this technology? Do you see the blockchain technology just kind of underlying everything in our lives? It kind of everything that we do. What 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 do you see? <clears throat> well, yeah, for sure. Like it's going to be like you would not have necessarily believed if if we caught up in 2000 and i said oh all aspects of our life will be with the internet you'd have been like oh really yeah uh, but here, here it is 20 years later so yes we could say that about, about blockchain however you know like we're seeing with the internet all these technologies are a double-edged sword you know they really you know if they fall into the hands of um uh essentially of of totalitarian control right. then you know if everything is on the blockchain that means it's you can never take it off Everything is recorded, right? So, however, it also brings great liberation. So what we can see with this into the future is it depends how we're all going to interact with it. Are we going to step up and be more responsible and create our own platforms? That are, And are we going to be a stand for freedom? Or are we just going to allow the, you know, the centralized powers? You see, what we have with the internet right now is not the vision of what we actually, us techies back in the 90s. You know, all we have now really is Facebook, Amazon, Twitter, Google, Apple, these, these are centralized companies. They're the gatekeepers. The freedom of flow of information is still there, but 80%, 90% of people are on these locked-in platforms. So it's not really that whole freedom that we were that we were expecting it to be there. And so right. the future of blockchain is very, very similar. Are we going to be stepping up and using it um, to create more opportunity for all of us with these innovations around you know, um, finance and you know, non-fungible token NFTs, we could all step in there and really recreate how our society operates. Or are the state, like, you know, somewhere like China that's actually really embracing blockchain, but from the state's perspective. Right. Oversight, you know, like, so because now they can, they can use all that same tech and they can, you know, be itemizing every single thing you're doing. 
Yeah. So where, where do I see this going? Oh, I, obviously, I'm an optimist. I hope that everyone's going to step up and stand for freedom and, and recreate how, because we can take out a lot of the middlemen. We can remove a lot of the um, extraneous costs. We can really make everything much more efficient and uh, much more fair. So let's hope it goes in that direction. So for those that are not involved in uh, crypto right now or blockchain or NFTs or anything, what do you suggest they do to begin getting their feet wet? Is it just a matter of, you know, start buying, start playing with it a bit with some, you know, some small amounts of money just to kind of get a feel for it? What, what do you, what would you suggest? Yeah, I think one of the, the amazing, one of the, the tricky things for people to get is like how right now the technology has advanced sufficiently where there are direct interfaces between your current financial banking system and the cryptocurrencies. So it's it starts with education, but education is never really going to be enough unless you get your feet wet, as you said, yeah. jumping in the water. You're going to have to, you know, literally start moving some money around. Um, uh, this is not financial advice to anybody. I'm not telling you what to do. But if you wanted to take a small amount, whatever that is for you, and you could basically, you can shift that from your bank and get that through a cryptocurrency exchange. And, and then what's amazing is, you know, you can take like, you know, a, um, you know, like there are these, there are these debit cards now that literally are cryptocurrency based, which means in theory, maybe not just in theory, you could have all of your money in crypto and you could go and spend it when you needed to. These things are entirely possible now. So you start off by basically signing up for something like Coinbase, you know, one of the largest exchanges in the world, mm. or Binance. These ones are very large. And, and they're, each country pretty much, most countries have their own, and many, most of them actually connect with banks now. So you can wire in some funds. Getting started actually is the most difficult thing. When I was first beginning, it took me literally months to get my first Bitcoin. And I was trying it every day and look at my background. <laughs> and so, but now things have become much easier. So once you know you can get yourself a little bit of Bitcoin or a little bit of Ethereum or, or whatever amount you want to do. Yeah. And then you can start, you know, you can start, you know, you can create, you can spin up these wallets. Basically, it's like a um, an email address, but it's actually a digital wallet, like a like a bank account. Mm -hmm. And so just like you can send email between different email addresses and you may, most people have got multiple email addresses and you could even email yourself for some right. reason. Yeah. You can do the same thing here. You can create multiple wallets and you could just test it. You could send the money between each other or between some friends and go, wow. And you, in seconds you get it and you go, wow, that was amazing. And sometimes depending upon which currency you're using, um, some of them cost like a fraction of a penny. Some of them cost more. Like, so there's, there is a big, we're going to get too much into the tech technology here, but yeah, yeah. basically, you know, test it out, move some funds between each other, start examining, you know, how does Ethereum work? How does Bitcoin work? Uh, how does um, Wax work, which is another of the, uh, the NFT platforms? And then once you've got your head around that, then you can go, oh, okay, what's this whole digital art thing going on? You know, what's this music thing? Maybe I'll head over to Band Royalty or, or go to some of the other NFT platforms. So it starts with, with playing with it and you can play with it for under a hundred dollars, you can get started, you know? Exactly. And then when, you know, once you, once you peek behind the curtain, you're like, Oh, well, what's this? And what's that? And man, this is a whole world back here. <laughs> totally. But you'll never, you'll never understand it unless you make that step. I've had plenty of right. friends, even in technology, people who are full on programmers, they heard about all this for all the last decade. It was only once I started paying them in crypto and showing them how they could take that crypto and put it in their bank account, and vice versa. Interesting. The light bulb went on. They were like, wow, it's real money. And yeah. I said, yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, Barnaby, so uh, 
where can people go to to get in touch with you? And and is it uh, bandroyalty.com? Uh, yeah, they head over to bandroyalty.com. Check out what we're doing there. Um, we have we built up a big community. We've got about forty thousand followers on on Twitter, forty thousand on Telegram. Um, these inside the communities, that's where you can ask a lot of questions. It's actually it's quite hard to get started, but I recommend that you join the communities. If you go over to bandroyalty.com, you can go down the bottom. You can join our Telegram group, and Telegram is a it's just like WhatsApp, essentially, except you can have these large groups and they're all helping each other. It's an area most people in crypto, they're on Telegram. And so you can go there, join our Telegram group and ask questions and say, how do I do this stuff? And so we have people supporting that 24-7 all around the world as we're growing that community. And or you can send us an email just going over there to info at bandrawlsy.com. And we'd love to hear from you. And if you're inspired about this, then then get involved. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Barnaby, thank you for coming on the show, my friend. You're doing a lot of exciting things and, and thanks for all the explanation. I'm sure it's going to be incredibly valuable to, uh, to all of us. And we're going to, we're going to come back to this episode 10 years from now and see, <laughs> and see if everything turned out the way we thought it would. <laughs> Man, absolutely. All right, my friend. Take care. Thanks, thanks. For what you heard in today's episode of Game Changers, please subscribe and rate us. The lessons and the stories in these podcasts are immensely valuable, so I invite you to share them with a friend who needs to hear it. You may end up being the game changer in their lives.